Hey there, Friday Night Movie family. This is a very special South by Southwest edition of the podcast. We will be in Austin on the ground at the Wonder House, which is being put on by the amazing folks at the University of Arizona. It's taking place at Cafe Blue, downtown Austin, March 11th through 14th. We'll be there every day from about noon to five, recording the show with amazing filmmakers and actors and creators. But as usual, we also invite audience members to come up and be on the show and we'll definitely have some amazing swag to give away so make sure to follow us at friday night movie on all of the socials and come and see us at the wonder house in austin Here we are, and welcome to a very special South by Southwest episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast from the University of Arizona's Wonder House here in sunny Austin. We are here with Christina Klebe, who is one of the stars of Brooklyn 45. Welcome to the family, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here, to be in Austin, to be a part of the family. Yes. Yeah. We, 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 first of all, so you play a German woman in this film. And right before we were, you know, right before this, I, my assumption was you were German because very the, convincing German. And so Be- Becky accusingly starts yelling at me. She's from New York, shy, like as if like <laughs> I have business leading her this whole time. I just assumed you were from Germany. Well, I so my par- I am first generation, so I am you know my parents were immigrants from Germany, um, but uh, and my family still lives all in Europe. So so we are the only ones in America. Um, they live in France, Italy and Germany. So I grew up going, obviously, to all those countries growing up, and I learned how to speak all the languages. So, That's awesome. So wait, how many do you speak? French, German, Italian, and, and English. Oh, wow. I, English, yeah. I hope. All right. We <laughs> and, could... is, and can you, you can speak all of them. Your German accent for the film is fantastic, as far as I can tell. Do you yeah. act in all of them? Um, so I've acted in, I've auditioned for things in French, but okay. I have not actually ever gotten the job. I have an accent in French and in Italian. In German, not so much. I've, I've done a TV show. I did it two seasons of a TV show in Germany, um, and I, I did not have an American accent when I was speaking German. But, you know, it's like a language, like anything you have to practice. And I don't speak really with that many people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I have a group of German friends or something. Like, I speak with my, my parents, but most people don't speak German. It's a hard language. So so you do really have to practice. But I've practiced my accent to get it perfect because I do a lot of voiceover stuff. And yes, so we've seen you have one of the a things huge we wanted gaming to chat career. About. You yeah. do a lot of voiceover. So you do a lot of voiceover with a German accent. I've, I've, that has become my niche. I've done a lot of non-German okay. accents. You were in Wolfenstein. I saw you were in Wolfenstein. I'm putting it all yeah. together. Yep, I was in Wolfenstein. I played... I played in, like, all the Nazis, which is ridiculous, Ooh. and people, you know, are like, you're a Nazi. I'm like, I am an actor. Please, dear God. Please, dear God. Like, that you know, is, can you differentiate? So it is very th- intense. This is an amazing segue to your character. So just yes. to set this up yeah. for everybody, because it'll be a while before they can see the film, but it is, it's a very cool, it almost feels like a very intense stage play, because it's a one-room film, all the actors, your your character comes in partway through. I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah. Um 
But there's a mystery going on with your character because there is this question of this German woman as to whether or not she was a spy for the Nazis that I'm not sure if it's ever answered in the film. Do you feel like it was answered? I don't think it was answered. You don't answered. have to tell us the answer. No, I don't think it was answered. In my mind, and the only way I could really play the character was that she was, was that she was not. Okay. You know, that that's the way that I played it because that made it, uh, it, it made it, well, I, I could uh, connect with my character better that way. You know, I didn't want I didn't I, want that, but I don't think there's an answer. But I think as a as a viewer, I it was very interesting for me to watch it from the perspective that she was not a Nazi, because that made the questions and the debate really rich and interesting around not trusting immigrants and around these questions of war and when does the war end and what are people bringing home with them and to to watch the film and really believe your character that no she is not a Nazi and see how she is being treated by other people because of things that are wildly out of her control yeah. it, it is it's very impactful yeah. that way. It's like 80, 80 degrees here, and I just got the yeah. chills when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a blazer on. Um, but it's true, because that's exactly what I think the most important you know, debate and, and kind of message or you know, something that you can walk away from this movie is, is how we judge people based on the way they look, their accents, mm -hmm. you know, being an immigrant. You mm -hmm. already make all these assumptions about somebody. And not being in their shoes. I, I think, so one of the things I think is brilliant about this film, it chooses World War II and activities during World War II. Now for Americans, in general, in the narratives as far as wars of the last 70, 80 years, World War II is kind of a slam dunk of moral victory. And this film really goes into the murkiness of the fog of war and the chain of command and who is morally responsible. And to sit with that discomfort was so and, difficult. And even though way. it is this, you know, slam dunk moral victory, when you look at it on an individual level and each person's actions, what they have to live with and how they cope with that, each of their coping mechanisms, that's where you're really getting into the gray space, which is what's so rich and interesting, right? How do each of these, you know, military people, when they come home from war, how are they coping with the decisions they have made and the things that they have done? Yeah, because war is never... There's no good, you know, there's no good comes out of war. It exactly. doesn't matter if you're on the good, in quotations, I mean, good side. I mm -hmm. mean, you're still killing people. Mm -hmm. So so for an individual, if you're, if you, I mean, if you kill one person, that, that would be, I mean, if I had to kill one person, I don't know what I would do. I mean, like, that's, that's we're not even faced with this. Well, that's, I don't much. want to, yeah. I'm not going to give away the ending, but in the very final moments of the film, you feel that you are you are in that position or one of the characters is in that position of having to make that decision as if they are you know they are at war or they are making that impossible decision and we can sit here and judge all the people who are you know who have in this film who have done things and have been to war but until you are in that moment and it is your decision to make it is i believe it is impossible to know what you would actually do yeah. Yeah. And and that's where it really ties it up so well for me in the film, and it really delivers on the debate that has been going on yeah. throughout. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we got to talk about okay, we got to talk about, about the greatest scene. scene. You got to tell okay. us more about so this scene. The, the first thing I said film. to Becky, I've, I've watched it first, and I was like, Becky, there's this scene. The whole movie is building to this scene, and it is an interrogation scene. 
where you are interrogated by the great Anne Ramsey from a League of Their Own, by the way. Wow, that's incredible. So cool. Um, who was a former military interrogator to figure out if you were a Nazi. And just from the opening part where she gently tells you she knows you're not a Nazi to the ensuing torture. Right, but then I'm thinking maybe she's messing with her. I'm like, oh, maybe part of her interrogation technique is to get exactly, you exactly no. on her, you know. I, yeah. Thing. So tell us a bit about about that. Well, I think like the way that we were were working on this was that yeah, Anne was like, you know. I really, I really, she, I think, said, I really believe your character. I really, but there was always this undercurrent that maybe she was tricking me, to, mm -hmm. that that was part of her process to, to kind of ally with me, you know, to, to create an ally only so that she could maybe. Because she was the best interrogator me. ever. Right. So, right? We don't yeah. know, and we don't know what she, her, her skills yeah. are. We yeah. just know she has them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. God. I'm just sorry. I'm shivering <laughs> thinking about how that scene plays out. Um, and, and how do you get... Sound in, effects help. Oh, my God. Well, how do you get into the... So not only are you in this intense scene of, like, desperation where you put us in your shoes, but I feel... I just... You kept me guessing, too, the whole time. Like, mm -hmm. I now know what you were thinking, mm -hmm. but as an actor, you have your thing you believe, and then you have the thing that's on the page that the story is leaving ambiguous. How do you bridge that gap between what you believe and the ambiguity that you're sending out to the crowd, to the audience? I mean, I think I have to give Ted the credit there because, you know, it was, it's his, you know, his direction that kind of led us in the right, in the, you know, to make sure that nothing was, that things were still ambiguous and not too clear. Um, and he always said to me, you know, whatever you want, however you want to play the character, if you, you know, believe it, don't believe it, that's up to you. Um, he didn't quite ever tell me what he thought was the, um, <laughs> you know, so final great. answer. And I think the whole point is he wanted wanted to keep it open, you know, open-ended, because that there should be a question, right? And so I just, I mean, I played, I guess I, part of me sometimes felt what I connected to was this being, I think sometimes I let my, my, uh, my upset or my anger towards them judging me come out. I don't know if this, again, I haven't uh, seen uh, the movie. Well, so to us, it's an indignation. Yeah. Hopefully it came it's out. A, it's mm -hmm. an incredulousness, mm -hmm. like, guys, I'm American. Yeah. Why are you asking me this but question? But then sometimes that could be read maybe as too defensive, right? I don't right. know. Like, and, there, and, there's also moments, that, yeah. and there's also some moments in it where you are showing incredible empathy for these people who are you know, essentially keeping you hostage and interrogating you. You're showing incredible empathy and trying to connect with them about the things they have done. And although you, like, you are doing that, but then it also makes you go, oh, wait, is it because she's also done really evil things and she's not, she's right. actually really sympathizing with them? Right. And you're right on that line, which, which again, it, it leaves it a mystery in the richest way possible. So I can tell you, it delivers. Okay, You great. deliver. It was amazing. Great. We loved it. Yeah, no, and sometimes also you think, well, how do I get out of here, right? That was always my goal as a right. character, right? My intention. What is your overriding intention was to get out. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. <laughs> just trying to get out. You feel that. You feel yeah. that she's just trying to get out. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was quite, it was quite the performance. So... You were in Brooklyn 45, but you have an enormous list of credits. Everything from 
all of the shows that it seems like that are the rites of passage of Hollywood, the Law and Orders, all of those, as well as a rich career doing voice work um, and, and features. Uh, Hellboy, you were in, which is cool. Um, uh, of the of the projects that you're in, where you're not playing a German, yeah. what's the what character do you enjoy playing the most? Well, like in Criminal Minds, I played a serial killer. So oh my God. I mean, I just, I do, I don't know what it is. My dad sometimes looks at me and he's like, why do you play all, like, he uses a bad word. He's like, why do you play all the, you know, you know, word, you know, B words? <laughs> and I'm like, he's kind of, yeah, I'm like, that's not. He's That's all- not what they are. They, you know, they all have a layered, you know, world. Uh, but no, I, I played. I love playing dark characters. That's the truth. I love it. Yeah, I, I played a serial killer. I played um, in Proxy, which went to Toronto in 2013. Um, I played a crazy psychopath, but I found something to love about her. And you know, she. Annika. Oh, Annika. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I do like playing the 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 crazy characters but you know I'm act, I'm I'm writing a role for myself right now I broke my back in September which oh not goodness. many people you, know you, about you look Ooh. fantastic you for look someone nobody who would know would have no idea I broke uh, my T12 in numerous places <gasps> when oh I fell goodness. off a horse and it, oh I did goodness. not need surgery which is probably why I'm able to why I was oh able to recover goodness. so quickly oh my goodness um, but uh, we've got two huge back surgeries between yeah. the two of us uh, so well, yeah. Becky's broke, got like I titanium broke, in her spine I broke my L4 L5 it's so crazy so I, I have so much empathy for yeah. anybody who has stuff yeah. who's had to go through surgery because I didn't have to do that, but I just know how it felt to have to lay on my back for a couple of months Ugh. and not be able to sit and yeah. only be able to stand, get up, going to the bathroom is yep. difficult. Like everything is it. difficult. Your thighs become really strong. I, yes, you, um, can, you squat a yes, lot. There's no squat. bending over. You just squat. But um, but I'm writing a part for myself right now about um, somebody who goes through a back injury and actually ends up in a wheel chair but is um, because of spinal shock syndrome she actually should be able to walk but can't quite walk yet Um, and so I think this is a character I've never played that I would probably not get cast as right but I'm writing it for myself because um, she's a a classical concert pianist uh, which I grew up playing the piano as well so um, I, I you know that's I'm super excited about that because you know, so I'm producing it, writing it. Zach Parker, who directed Proxy, is going to direct it. And, that's um, terrific. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, you have to do that, though, if you want to kind of branch branch out. Right, playing if you want to you know, branch out beyond a, the... Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the yeah. absolutely right. When I'm looking at actors and I see them play one particular part, my first question is always, I'm like, ooh, what's the other thing they can do? Because if they can do this so well... They, they can yeah, probably do they, a lot more. Right? And, yeah. and, and I, that, that, now, I, my first instinct, though, because you had played these dark characters was that this was going to be like a rear window thing is is she also going to be like solving a mystery and in danger oh wow, you really are good yeah. well we, we we watch a lot of we movies we watch a lot of movies we it definitely has a, a very thing. hitchcock vibe cool. so yes. Yes. i can't That's wait does it, does it does it like it doesn't have a, t- does it have a title yet? like it's it's it's, it's called nocturne nocturne like the uh, like Chopin, the Chopin. Um, uh, nocturnes mm-hmm. okay so we're just putting an interview request now yeah when nocturne is getting ready and you're you know yeah. doing all those things just Slip a few minutes in for us yes, to talk. Absolutely, we absolutely it's, want to. We're doing it on a, a shoestring budget, and we are. It's going to be a labor of love. But I really do have 
great hopes for it. So oh, that's I'm the, very excited. That is I'm the very best kind of film. I love yep. that. Yep. People really Small crew. care about what they're making. Nobody's getting paid. <laughs> no? So it better be a labor of love. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how you know. That's how you weed folks out. That's how you know they're really yep. committed to it. That's yep. fantastic. Well, hopefully you'll just be back next year with, yeah, the, with the film. That would be amazing. Okay, so, so uh, these are, we're, uh, we've heard a lot about the types of characters you play, the, people, the roles people like to have you in, the role you're writing for yourself. What kind of stuff do you like to watch, though? What kind of characters intrigue you the most and you feel, you know, either resonate the most with you or you find the most compelling? Usually, and probably, which is something I've never been able to do, but like journalists or politicians. Like or, Spotlight or... Yep. Um, the paper, like any kind of like investigative. Any, yeah, like any kind of Jessica Chastain, like, you <laughs> know, all the roles she's played, yeah. like I would like to play, you know, but, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, something in the realm of like either being like a war journalist or like, um, uh, you know, source, yeah, somebody in politics, like a politician, you know, I think those are so interesting. I could definitely I, I, see you well, as a politician. My, my day job are... is with all politicians. I think you could play them very, very well. well yeah. I also studied government and oh, okay. college, yeah. so. Part of me like thinks that I should be able to put that to use somehow, you know. But someday, someday. Okay, now I'm gonna open myself up to be made fun of by my sister. I have a little bit of like a fascination with the world of voice voice acting. Shy, shy. This is a funny story. Okay, so shy likes to at the opening of each of our episodes. I do my deep buttery. Yeah. I didn't do it now because like I was a little embarrassed, but I usually he say. into like. Here we are. Welcome to the Friday Night Movie. Podcast. The deep buttery tones to kick off the podcast, and he was really like getting into the sound of his own voice, and he got. This one is of like those, five years like, ago. Okay. No, was it like an email or like an Instagram? It was like a like, Groupon. It was a group. It was like a Groupon for me, like, you know what you have? You have a radio voice. Come train with me and start getting those. And Shy's like, guys, guys, I think I'm being tapped for voiceover work. Is this a career path for me? And then, and like, I guess, yeah. And then the guy wanted, like, so went to this, like, class. And then I feel like this is probably more common maybe in Los Angeles or, or, or like in the, you know. Oh my God, you did the class? I did the class. Oh, and then at the end of the class, he's like, now all you have to do is sign up for $3,500 oh, and no. I will make you an audition tape. Oh God. Uh, um, so. So we, we trolled him enough that he, that it like the light bulb went off. He's like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, but I didn't we, do But it. we continue to roast him about. Um, so what do you think but though? You the do, buttery I was going to say you I, have a great voice. Oh. oh, you have a great voice. And my, my father. So tell this radio. embarrassing story. I've been in radio, so I could tell. Not only are you a great podcast, obviously host, but you could totally be on radio, and you could totally do voiceovers. Oh, you, you, that's you so know, nice. sometimes it's not only just like those super low voices. Uh -huh. It's 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 the medium kind of nice, velvety. Oh, voices, velvety. velvety. Voices Here that I have... you can listen to, you know, nicely, like even for books, like narr like audio yeah. books or something, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, they don't pay hardly anything, so don't get into it, that. It's but. okay. My, I'm I'm fine at talking, but reading out loud is my biggest fear. You know how some people are afraid of speaking in public? You can throw me anywhere. I'll talk to wherever. But if I have to read even a menu in public, I get extremely nervous. I, I don't I think it's a neurological but thing. I, I want to know uh, from you, what are... Because you've done so much voiceover work and such an array of work, um, what are some of the like insiders 
secrets or tips or things that you love about it? Or So I think one of the things is I always wanted to do voiceover, probably because, you know, I came from the radio background, but I always was like, oh, I want to do animations, like I want to mm-hmm. do video games. And so I was always putting it out there. Like to oh, anybody I met, awesome. I'd be like, I really like, so even if people said, oh, I'm making a really indie video game, I'd be like, well, I want to audition. You know, I really like, you don't have to pay me hardly anything or whatever your rates is or mm-hmm. SAG is. But, um, and and uh, I would always just say that to people. And so for years, I would get one tiny little job. And then like four years later, I got another job. But then slowly, I just built up my resume. And then finally, I got a good agent um, who I asked a casting director for uh, a recommendation. I wrote her. I said, look, I really need a voiceover agent. She got me the contact. I met with them. Then they sent me. I mean, I can't tell you how many auditions I do for voiceovers. Wow. Probably... I mean, I probably do a hundred a month, and I don't get any of. Them. I mean, what? you you do, and you still have incredible 100, maybe credits. 50. That's wild. I don't. I don't. It, I would have to actually count it, but so many, and you don't book them. So it's very. It can be very, you know, daunting, and and you, most people would just say, you know, screw this. I don't want to put up with this. But you just have to keep on it's doing it. That you really enjoy. I love it. I love That's it. So cool. Even the auditions are fun, right? Because you're like in your studio and you're like doing some weird voices, like creature voices. or <laughs> Like I love doing crazy stuff like that because you don't get to do that on camera. That's yeah. that you really get to be whoever so you want. Cool. Yeah. So I love voice actors because I, I we grew up in the I'm probably very like I'm very old. Grew up in the in the golden age of like what I view as cartoons, like the '80s and yeah. '90s cartoons. Yeah. You know, Thundercats. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Exactly. So, thunder, thunder. Now I don't know if in the voiceover world you all talk about voice actors, but do you have like a voiceover, like any voiceover actors that mean something to you? Like for me. Like in the old timey days, is there anything better than Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime? And for the current days, someone who means a lot to this show, so she's just our favorite. Yeah. Um, she's well, she's now tied for maybe our favorite voice actor, but our, one of, <laughs> but she's she's really truly part of the family. Is uh, I don't know if you ever watched The Legend of Korra or any of the Avatar stuff. Um, the Avatar the Airbender, Airbender. Airbender. Oh, the Airbender not, animated. Not James Cameron. Blue so okay. Ball, Jan- uh, J- Janet Varney, who did done the Airbender. She's I've heard of her. Though. An amazing voice actor. Who are the voice actors? That Because people should know voice actors' names. I know. And you know what? I am horrible because I don't know enough of them. And this, I'm constantly educating myself. So recently, there's this guy, John DiMaggio. Okay. He does a ton of stuff. But um, I remember with the pandemic when I was trying to teach myself more, I w- watched this video that he did where he was talking about his characters and how he gets into the characters. And mm-hmm. um, it was really, really, he's great. Then there's um, also, oh, God, what's her name? Uh, she's also part of my agency. Um, oh man, I, I see. This is the problem. You're right. Like names yeah, are so hard so to hard. remember for voiceovers. Um, but John DiMaggio is great, and he, um, uh, what's his name? Who did? Uh, uh, oh man, it's it's horrible. I'm horrible. Don't worry about it. But um, but I just did an animated film, and John DiMaggio is one of the characters oh, in it. So oh, I was like, cool. wow, and my part's pretty small. But I was like, that's so cool that I, I've been researching his work and now we get to... Can you, you know, say which film it is? Is that like... I think so. It's called uh, uh, Isla Monstro. 
Cool. cool. It's a, so um, it's it should be announced pretty soon that I'm in it, and they've already announced they have like a website and stuff, so oh. it's not like secret. Oh, okay. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it was it's so funny, and I hope they turn it into a TV show, and then I get to be. Oh, but I play another German great. character there too. Oh. It's so crazy. I'm oh, like, I was thinking Isla Mantra. Maybe you were using your Italian accent. Oh man, I would love to do that. <laughs> I've, I auditioned. For, I've not done. I've done French voiceovers, French uh, Russian. Uh, I got to go to Russia in 2018, right? Be you know, that was. Um, I feel lucky Whoa. that I got to go. Before yeah, now it's not a great now, time to visit. Don't go. <laughs> don't go now. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Christina. Yeah. Is there a movie these days, or something you're watching, that you want people to know about, other than Brooklyn 45, which is at <laughs> South by Southwest? Um, well, and saw, Nocturne, which is coming yeah. out. Uh, I saw a great movie, which w I think won or got the Palme d'Or at Cannes last year, A Triangle of Sadness. Oh, wow. Have oh. you guys seen that? I haven't I saw the yet. other ones that are adjacent to it. I saw Glass Onion, and I saw The Menu, um, but I haven't gotten to The Triangle I haven't seen Triangle of Sadness because in the preview, there was a lot of people throwing up on a boat. <laughs> and that's, like to me, one of like truly, deeply like, the worst experiences it, in the world you, is being seasick. So I just don't know that. You will feel seasick. Yeah, when you watch the movie, oh. they did it so well. Nope, oh. can't yeah. do it. It was it was so insane how I they did that movie. I love knowing how well they did it because <laughs> now I know I can have somebody explain the movie to me, but I cannot. You watch should it. watch up until it starts. Skip that part <laughs> and then watch because the, the movie's in three parts okay, anyway. Okay. So like, there's a totally separate part where they're not even on the boat. Great. Two separate. I'll parts. watch those parts. Yeah, you watch those parts. It's a long movie, but they have so many amazing conversations. The whole movie is like a metaphor for you know, socialism versus capitalism. And it's like, and, and I mean, it's all these amazing conversations about, I mean, just, it, it's just so well done. And, and it has, and I love movies that have issues where people have walk away thinking about something, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about, well, Absolutely. is my perspective on this? Maybe I learned something. Maybe I'm seeing it from another perspective now, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and Woody Harrelson is freaking amazing. Awesome. It. Oh, um, so that. That's, that's and so all the other actors are I've never seen before, but they were all everybody was amazing. That's, um, that's fantastic. Okay. All right, gonna, huge yeah. endorsement for Triangle of Sadness. I'll, I'll check it out. All right, Christina Klieb, should where can people follow you? Is there anything you want people to follow you on? Sure, they can follow me on Instagram at Christina Klieb, Christina with a K, and um, and we'll and, make sure this is in the show notes and everything too. So. And that's, yeah, that's about it. I'm only really on Instagram anymore. That's right. we're, we're, <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're... Becky's Instagram is handled by our other sister, so she's okay. barely on Instagram. I'm on five Instagrams. Okay. So that's yeah. a different, sibling difference But here. we will we will be following you, and we hope other people do. And uh, where either if you're, you know, at the festival this week, please go to see Brooklyn 45 screening. Um, and if not, then I, I look forward to everybody being able to, to check out the film soon yeah yeah, yeah. And, con and congratulations, congratulations on on your perform your amazing performance you. and yeah. and the exciting things you, you have coming thank to you, you. Thanks i am for being, so happy to be part of the family thank now. you for being part of the <laughs> yes. family all right yay <laughs> Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Fry Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FryNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.